Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zikazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Videos moderated by real people who review content before it's posted to the feed. I love the dance challenges. I love that it's Kids Safe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids. <laughs> Download the Zigazoo app today. Residents at Brightview Senior Living Communities enjoy enhanced possibilities, independence, and choice. Brightview Dulles Corner in Herndon and Brightview Great Falls offer vibrant senior independent living, assisted living, and memory care services through various daily programs and cultural events. Chef-prepared meals, safety and security, transportation, resort-style amenities, and high-quality care. Everything you need is here. Discover more at brightviewseniorliving.com. Equal housing opportunity. You're ready for a comeback. And with Purdue Global, you can do more than take classes. You can take charge of your story, of your career, of your life. Earn a degree you can be proud of and get an education employers respect. It's time, your time, not just to go back to school, but to come back and move forward with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback at purdueglobal.edu. Dr. Fauci recently sat before Congress in a closed-door hearing. So what was said during that hearing? We're going to talk to Senator Rand Paul about it. He has called out Dr. Fauci and his lies in his book, Deception, The Great COVID Cover-Up. So we're going to get his take on what was reported from that hearing about the lies that Dr. Fauci told then and before. And also, what's the impact of everything that happened during COVID, particularly as we face a $34 trillion debt, how does that debt impact you? I'm going to ask Senator Rand Paul. Also, he made an anti-Nikki Haley endorsement. You're not going to want to miss this interview with the great Senator Rand Paul. Trust me. Stay tuned. Senator, it's always great to have you on the show. Uh, I know you're a busy guy, so I always appreciate you making the time. Yeah, thanks for having me. So I've got to get you on this. I mean, well, you wrote the book on the lies we were told during COVID, Deception, the great COVID cover-up. But Dr. Fauci recently sat with Congress behind closed doors for 14 hours, and some alarming things were reported. You know, one, social distancing, which we always knew was a farce, but it admitted that it was. It wasn't scientific. And then also admitted, even though he attacked the people who said COVID came from the lab, now he's saying that it's not a conspiracy to have thought that. So, I mean, what are your big takeaways from all of this? And what are the depths in which Fauci lied to us? You know, on virtually every major topic of the COVID pandemic, he's been on both sides of the issue. In private, he's often been honest. In public, he's almost always lied. You know, ask early on by a coworker whether or not the mask work, he honestly responded in private that the pores in the mask were too large and it really wasn't worthwhile and that studies had indicated it wasn't worthwhile. In public, he wears three masks. You know, in, in private, 
he acknowledged and actually in the past has acknowledged that natural immunity uh, tends to work. If you've had the flu, you don't need a flu shot, he said in 2004, famously on C-SPAN. But then he became uncertain with COVID. He says, oh, we don't know if natural immunity is going to work. Um, on schools, he was uh, for the lockdowns till he was against them, till he was for them, till he was against them. So it just depended on the audience he was for. But what was remarkable about his testimony was that he um, couldn't recall over 100 times. You know, he was smart enough to tell us that what to do and to mandate all these things about our behavior. But uh, 100 times he couldn't recall uh, when asked questions about these things or how they came about. You're right on the social distancing, on standing six feet apart. I mean, these were ridiculous things. I remember going to my son's university and outside in the grassy quad of the university, they had circles and you were supposed to stand in the circle six feet away from someone outside and talk to them. The plexiglass, none of these things were based on science. And yet every day we were berated by CNN and the left. Oh, obey the science. The right doesn't want to obey the science. The science was all concocted and basically just uh, opinions of people on the left uh, so they could do something. They wanted to do something. But in reality, none of the things they made us do had any effect on the virus. Well, and they knew that. So it's it's more sinister in the fact that, you know, obviously he was pushing things that he knew were not true. So the question is, why? Why did they do that? You know, I think there's a, an impulse to authoritarianism in many of these people. They go into the field to work in public health, to work in the government, and they have a uh, not a great um, respect for individual liberty or civil liberty. These are the people who believe in mandates. You know, they've believed in mandates for a long time for vaccines. They have no problem telling people. But for the first time, uh, a large portion of the public, not just a few people had doubts about the vaccines, it became large and widespread that people were looking into, one, do you really need to take them? And then two, in certain age groups, particularly young people, are the risks of the vaccine actually greater than the risks of the disease? And then people started asking, well, what is the evidence? I asked Fauci in one of our committee hearings, your government now says we should take three vaccines all the way down to the age of six months, you know, toddlers. And I said, is there any proof that the vaccines reduce transmission? No. I said, for children, is there any proof that they reduce hospitalization or death? And he says, oh, we don't have the data. Well, they do have the data. Almost no children, particularly healthy children, were going to the hospital or dying from COVID. So it's hard to get below zero. If it's already a zero effect from COVID, it's hard to go below that. In fact, when they approved the vaccine, the booster, the science committee at the CDC and the FDA initially voted only to give it to those at 65 and older. Then Walensky, Rochelle Walensky of the Biden administration came along and said, oh, no, we won't apply it to all kids. But she overruled the scientific committees, but they could never prove efficacy. So they said, well, if you give a shot to your, to your toddler or to your adolescent, they'll make antibodies. That's not proof of efficacy. That's not proof of anything. That's just proof that if you give some foreign protein or have a protein created, your body will react to it. That's right. That's an immune response, but it doesn't mean you need it. I mean, if the response that if you if the answer were that you should take a vaccine as long as you get an antibody response, 
We could give you 100 vaccines. I can give you a vaccine every day and you'll make an antibody response. Doesn't mean you need a vaccine every day. But yeah, it's criminal, you know, really in some ways, literally criminal. But uh, in every which way, his judgment and his uh, conclusions were were wrong. We're not based in science. Yeah, I mean, I remember the CDC was looking at an outbreak. I think it was in um, July of 2021, I believe, where 75 percent of the cases were vaccinated people. Yet Biden went on to push the vaccine mandate after that, knowing that, you know, it wasn't stopping the spread. Uh, but, you know, I wanted to get you on, you know, part of what were, you know, the impact of all of that is what it's done to the economy, including this $34 trillion of debt we're facing. Um, you know, as Congress continues to deal with funding bills uh, in the aftermath of all of that, how does that debt impact Americans? Well, you know, the debt is sold to the Federal Reserve. And does the Federal Reserve have any assets to buy it? No, the Federal Reserve just has a printing press. So the Federal Reserve creates new money. So whenever we have a Congress spending more money than it takes in, the debt through the Treasury bills is sold to the Federal Reserve and they buy it. But they buy it by increasing the money supply. And as the increased money supply circulates out the economy, it eventually devalues. So you, let's say, for example, you double the amount of money in circulation, it'll be worth half, a, half as much approximately. So inflation, home prices, mortgages, interest, all these things are effect of deficit spending. And we criticize the Fed a lot. My father has, I have, I'd like to audit them. But really, Congress is ultimately the, the culprit here. If Congress weren't, weren't running a debt, the Fed wouldn't have to finance a debt. But basically, the deficit leads to high prices and inflation. And really, both parties are responsible. I mean, you'll, re you'll remember the lockdowns began in the last administration and the $6 trillion of, of debt that piled up in about a year and a half during that uh, were started in the previous administration. Now, the Biden administration has continued that, but there really is enough blame to go around for both parties in the, in the debt and in inflation. You know, I, I interviewed your dad not too long ago and I asked him, you know, how does it feel to have been right about so many things, you know, and he was kind of like, well, not good because a lot of what I was predicting was bad. But, you know, it's always good to have people affirm that what you were saying was, uh, you know, correct. So you made an anti Nikki Haley endorsement, which I endorse <laughs> as well. Um, any chance you want to make some news on the truth with Lisa Booth with an official candidate endorsement? You know, I'm I'm fully and completely not behind Nikki Haley. I'm a, <laughs> I'm a never Nikki, and that's going to last as long as I can imagine she's in the race. But uh, I haven't made a decision on the others. I like Donald Trump. I've been a personal friend. I defended him against the the impeachments. But I'm troubled some by his attacks on on DeSantis over entitlements. I don't think you're a serious person and seriously considering the danger of the debt if you're not willing to look at entitlements. And I don't think we should attack fellow Republicans who have been brave. This is it takes some bravery and courage to actually stand up and say the entitlement programs are, are a problem of the spending that comes in or the spending that goes out. Two thirds of the spending is entitlements. The one third that we actually vote on is military and non-military. They call it discretionary spending. That's what's part of the budget we vote on. It's about $1.7, $1.6 trillion. That's also the debt, the deficit each year. So essentially what we're voting on, it's all borrowed. And it's because of the explosion of growth in entitlements, but also the explosion of growth in, in the discretionary spending. So I'm, I'm one who thinks that we need, um, and that the biggest danger we face really is not to, uh, foreign enemies, but it's our domestic policy and our domestic debt. 
And that's why I've kind of stayed out of the presidential race. But I do think Nikki Haley will get us involved in more war. I think she's more concerned with the Ukraine border than she is with the southern border. So I'm definitely never Nikki, and I decided I couldn't uh, hold myself back. I wanted to have some impact, if at all, to make sure she doesn't win New Hampshire. And so that's kind of where I am uh, right now and probably will remain there for the next week or so. Yeah, I, I just feel like she's a finger to the wind politician. You know, what What do I need to say today versus, you know, really believing in anything? What do you hope Republicans communicate? What do you think the messages should be to reach voters and to win? You know, I think uh, right now we're, we're doing pretty well, actually. I mean, even with all of the indictments and everything, I think the, the Democrats have so overreached on this idea of keeping Trump from the ballot that they've made themselves look ridiculous. I mean, they're all over CNN every day crying, democracy, democracy, Trump will destroy democracy. The only way we can save democracy is by oh, not allowing people to democratically vote for their choice if they want to vote for Trump. I mean, it's, it's insane, and I think most people think it is. And I think even the independents that sway our elections are looking at that and saying, banning somebody from the ballot? That's not democratic. So I, I think they've overreached in all of the polls. Look, Michigan had a poll deal that had Trump up eight points in Michigan. That's a state, if he wins Michigan, probably we can win again. So, uh, you know, we'll see what happens with this. But, uh, you know, I think the Democrats have overreached. And right now, um, Biden's quite unpopular. His policies are quite unpopular. And frankly, his his frailness and inability to sort of put a sentence together or stay awake through most of the uh, activities that he's doing is a problem for them. Yeah, it's like the weekend at Bernie's uh, campaign and, and president, <laughs> you know, uh, Senator Rand Paul, always love having you. Uh, truly appreciate your time. You're a busy man. So we appreciate you giving our, our time and, and my audience as well. Thank you so much. No problem. Thanks. That was Senator Rand Paul. Appreciate him for joining the show. Always love hearing his insight. Appreciate you guys at home for listening every Monday and Thursday, but you can listen throughout the week. I want to thank John Cassio, my producer, for putting the show together. Until next time. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids like yours, and all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. (laughs) Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. Residents at Brightview Senior Living Communities enjoy enhanced possibilities, independence, and choice. 
Brightview Dulles Corner in Herndon and Brightview, Great Falls, offer vibrant senior independent living, assisted living, and memory care services through various daily programs and cultural events. Chef-prepared meals, safety and security, transportation, resort-style amenities, and high-quality care. Everything you need is here. Discover more at brightviewseniorliving.com. Equal housing opportunity.